Hey, welcome to Terminal Value. So everything that I do here is based on one big question, and that is, how do growth-oriented people overcome the psychotic vortex of society to create a life of value and meaning? That is the question, and I am here to bring you the answer. My name is Doug Utberg, and this is Terminal Value. I publish new content every week, so make sure to hit the subscribe button and turn on notifications, and then share your thoughts on each episode through social media, and make sure to tag me so that I will know what to create for you. Before we get started, I want to offer you a free vacation. This is related to my business where I help other businesses reduce their contract-related costs. If you are a decision maker at a medium or enterprise business, then I want to talk with you to see about how we can address your contract costs and drive savings. If you know somebody who's a business decision maker, then I would like you to help me get in contact with them. In exchange, I am going to give you an absolutely free vacation at one of 30 places across the United States with no obligation and no timeshare pitch. The value of this offer, depending on how much savings we achieve, can literally be between thousands and millions. Please go to offer.terminalvalue.biz right now and let me know a little bit of information about your business so I can get your free vacation set up right away. We have Angie Trueblood with us today, and we are going to be talking about the secrets of growing your business through podcast guesting. And Angie actually knows about a little bit about this because she is owner of the Podwise Group, which is a, well, she is a podcaster herself, but she also helps business owners to get guested on podcasts in their niche area, which I think is actually a, I mean, I'm not going to say emerging because podcasting has been around for a while, but it is a rapidly growing segment of kind of how people gain brand awareness. And I think it's becoming increasingly important kind of in the current era where I think face-to-face events are less prevalent than they once were. I mean, because I'm in the Portland, Oregon area. And for anybody who watched the news in 2020, the downtown Portland area kind of got tore up. And right now there are a number of transient camps, which make it a generally icky place to be be around for too long. Not all of it, but a lot of it. And so there's this really weird dynamic that's developed where like people used to kind of go out to networking events and hang out. Now that doesn't really happen so much. It does a little, but like maybe about a fifth as much as it used to. So it's like, okay, if I want to go meet people so that we can maybe do business, how do I do that? And I think that's one of the places where companies like Podwise are helping to fill that gap. Anyway, Angie, don't let me talk too much. Uh, Go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah. So we rebranded the company. I launched it actually five years ago as a freelancer, just me, connecting clients that we were working with to podcast hosts that served audiences that were very similar to the ones that our Uh clients were working in, but in a complementary space. And we've really seen it evolve over the last five years. It's definitely growing, like you said, but the interesting thing about podcasts and podcast guesting is the evolution of it is Mm -hmm. also happening. So it's getting bigger. And also I feel like it's changing at breakneck speed. So revamped strategy along the way. And I see it as a way to get in front of potential clients, but also like you alluded to, the ability to grow your network and to really connect with people who could be great referrers and you as well. That's really where we are seeing a lot of the benefit of it, both in the the short term and the long term. 
Yes, because the dynamics of the podcast medium, I think, are really interesting because, you know, on the one hand, right, the number of podcasts has exploded, has yes. you know, gone crazy. But if you filter it down, it's actually not as big of population as you think, because you probably know the numbers better than me. So keep me honest here. But I think there's something like around 2 million podcasts-ish. But the thing is about, you know, 80% of those or so have less than five episodes. So for sure. If you publish more than five episodes, or if you publish with any kind of regularity at all, like even monthly, but ideally more weekly, or, you know, if you're insane like me, you could go five times a week. (laughs) God bless you. (laughs) I know, right? But if you publish with any kind of regularity, that number, it gets much smaller. And so like, I know for me, as I was starting out, I was like, God, nobody's listening. Why am I even bothering to do this? But here's the thing, as you keep going... Eventually, you will become a part of a smaller and smaller and smaller group because event- people drop off. You have some people who are going to be podcasting forever. You know, these are the proverbial, you know, John Lee Dumas and folks like that who like podcasting as their business. But a lot of those other podcasts will start to drop off. And eventually, if you just persist and continue producing good content, well, presumably, people will start figuring out organically. You know, you can do things like guesting to accelerate your brand, which is probably a very good idea. But simply by persisting, that will eventually land you in a very small cohort of podcasters. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that, Doug, because we see the company name was chosen for a reason, PodWise, and we Mm -hmm. primarily serve people in the B2B space. So people who are podcasting, not with the podcast being their business, but it's Mm -hmm. an extension of an already existing business. And the challenge that we see is a lot of times people who are using podcasts as a part of their business mimic what people who are using it as the business are yeah. doing. And so they will crank out tons and tons of content, which yes, over the long haul, you get in this smaller group of people that have succeeded, but they don't turn their attention on, well, how do I actually get in front of new audiences? Mm-hmm. Because podcasting by itself isn't a great attract strategy. It's kind of hard to find a new podcast unless you're searching for something very specific. So that's where we have kind of taken the approach of let's grow your podcast, but let's do it in a way where you can make connections with other humans and you can get in front of the right audiences so that you can keep creating content, but you are bringing new ears to that content on a regular basis. I think that's where pod fade comes from is that people are putting out so much content, they don't see it growing, they don't see the ROI of it. And Mm -hmm. so they just shutter the doors to their show. Yeah, and (laughs) I think that pod fade, I'm sure you didn't come up with that, but that's the first time I've heard it. So (laughs) So I will give you full and complete credit. Okay, I didn't make it up. (laughs) (laughs) Let's unpack that strategy a little bit, because at least the way that I kind of think about it is a part of what kind of kept me going in my own podcast journey is that, you know, I think about, okay, if you're going to do traditional, say, you know, traditional space advertising, essentially, it's going to cost a certain amount per 1000 impressions. And the more niche you get, the more the cost per 1000 impressions goes up. And so by impression, that means somebody seeing your logo advertisement, whatever. So like, you know, a billboard on the side of the freeway, every time that somebody drives by it, that's considered an impression. So your cost per impression for a billboard is extremely low. But 
the uh, your audience is very general and not niched in any way, shape, or form. So it only so that's the reason why things you see on Billboard are things like you know like Kaiser Healthcare, beer, uh, you know yeah. stuff that's very insurance. very very mass right. market. Yeah, insurance stuff that's yeah. very mass market. I think the thing that's unique about podcasting is that a lot of podcasts can get into very narrow niches. And so I think that's the thing where your value per impression or per, you know, per thousand impressions can be much higher. Now, you know, I think like, for example, you know, if I want to buy a thousand impressions on LinkedIn, that's going to cost around 20 bucks or so. And so, you know, if you use that as sort of a benchmark, you know, an ish benchmark, go, okay, well, so that means that say for every thousand downloads, you can get access to on a person's podcast, that's, you know, about a, say, $20 brand value. Go, all right, well, you know, you do, you know, so that means you do 20, 30, 40, whatever interviews, that amount starts to rack up. And then when you think about the fact that podcasts, unless they, somebody pod fades out and cancels their show, they live forever, you have that long tail. So if you're in it for the long game, this kind of thing can be very lucrative. It's the same reason why you're way better off making videos for YouTube than for TikTok. Because TikTok, you'll get a ton of traffic right now, and then it'll fade, and you're going to have to do it all over again. Whereas YouTube is the exact opposite, is that this traffic starts out slow, but the videos are there forever. So many will fade into obscurity, but some of them will continue gaining traffic indefinitely. Well, the other beauty of it is the length of engagement. I mean, I know an impression is different than an interaction, you know, on LinkedIn where someone's engaging with your content. But if someone is downloading an episode and listening to it, Mm -hmm. they are with you for 20 to 25 minutes, whether you're a host or a guest. So the likelihood that they might take action or remember you, you know, or share you as someone else is much higher Mm -hmm. than just seeing a post on LinkedIn or just seeing a TikTok video. We've really gone all in as a company Mm -hmm. on LinkedIn and podcast guesting. That's always been the core of what we do in terms of promoting the company and me marketing it. But right now we've just kind of shrunk and we're sticking with podcast guesting and then connecting with people on LinkedIn. Gotcha. Well, that completely makes sense, especially if you're talking about a B2B type of business. Yeah. And so, okay, now I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here. In traditional marketing metrics, the impression or the, you know, as they say, cost per mile or CPM, as they'll say, which is the cost per thousand impressions, that's sort of the golden metric for ads. But as you said, that doesn't really apply for podcasting. You know, what do you think is the more applicable metric? I mean, because ultimately you want to try to get it back to an ROI, but that could be that's really hard to track for anything but direct marketing. Yeah. So we don't track it in a, a cost per interview or a cost mm-hmm. per download. It's almost impossible with the metrics that we're able to get for shows because downloads are not readily accessible. You can get an inkling of what a show's downloads are by combining different data points, but it's just not a really clear science. So when we work with clients and when I'm looking to guest on behalf of the company, I'm looking for, okay, well, roughly how many people am I going to get sort of exposed to? Like Mm -hmm. I look at the number of reviews that the shows have, how they share it. To me, it's a lot more of the not tangible, like the intangibles. Yeah. And then I'm looking for, did I get any email subscribers, which we've definitely seen that decrease over the last couple of years. People are you know, they're on to the idea of, hey, go get my free opt-in and now you're on my email list forever. And so for us, it's really driving people back to my podcast, go pitch yourself. That's one of our primary calls to action. It's something I can track. 
even if I look at my downloads around the release day of a guest mm-hmm. interview, I can see if it spiked. I can see if those listeners stayed with me. So that's really how we're tracking it. And then we make sure that we have everything set up inside of the business to know where people found us. So if people schedule a discovery call with us to Mm -hmm. inquire about us taking them on as a client, the question is, hey, where did you hear us? You know, if I interact with anyone new that came to me out of the blue, I ask them, hey, where did you hear me from? So I think a lot of it is more anecdotal, which I don't love. And we're looking into, okay, can we get... Can we do some more like UTM tracking and look at Google Analytics? Yes, but at the end of the day, podcasting is about relationships and Mm -hmm. it's a human connection. So I appreciate that part of it and we track that. Yeah, I think this is one of those mediums where, as you said, right, the data is really hard to get to. And I I keep thinking the uh, Rick Wagner quote from GM, you know, I know that half of our marketing is wasted, but I don't know which half. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that means that inevitably, if you guest on 100 podcasts, you're probably going to get home run impact from like two, and you'll probably get really good impact from about 10, and you'll get okay impact from about 20 to 30, and the rest will be somewhere between kind of okay. Zero and... (laughs) But you don't know which one's in advance, you know, because you might have a show that, that looks like it has almost no audience right now that goes on a growth trajectory. They start getting some super fans and the super fans go back and binge your stuff. And, or it could be the way that you open the door to do some repeat guesting. And so I think that's, you know, I would say that repeat guesting is probably an an avenue that is really important rabbit hole to go down because once you have a relationship established, and then if you can figure out, Hey, I'm getting some traction from this show. That's when you say, Hey, can we go back and do a, do a bounce back guesting? Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I think a lot of people don't place enough value on the relationship that you are building with the host. They see podcast interviews as very transactional. I'm mm-hmm. using this as a means to get in front of your audience, and I will not see the benefit of it until that goes live. Whereas you and I both know, likely after we stop recording, we're going to chat a little bit about both of our businesses, who we serve, how we might be able to support each other by sending people to one another. Right. And those are the things that makes all the difference between those hundred interviews all being average and you getting really interesting collaborations. I think of one client I worked with really early on when I was doing this as a freelancer. She Uh ended up collaborating with a host, ended up publishing a chapter in her book. They've gone on to guest on both of their shows and really promote each other as the go to for their audience. And You can't foresee that on the front end, but you can strategically plan for it by choosing who to pitch and who are the types of shows to connect with. Yeah. Well, and the way that I kind of think about it, and I don't like to turn everything into stock picking or gambling, but it's probably the best analogy here is that, right, you don't know the outcome, but you can know the odds. The example that I like to give is I go, okay, so, you know, it's, you know, if I was looking at, you know, at two bets, right, you know, the one that, okay, I put down a dollar and I have a 99% chance of getting a dollar and 10 cents, a dollar and 10 cents back, right? Okay. Another bet is where I put down a dollar and I have a 1% chance of getting $10 million back, right? Which one do you take? The answer is the 1% 10 million, a thousand Mm -hmm. times out of a thousand, even though 99 times out of a hundred, you're going to lose. And so I think the the human tendency is to think, okay, well, if I didn't get an immediate gain, then that means it was a bad decision. Whereas what you need to say is, okay, well, you know, what's the opportunity? What's the cost? 
And what you want to do is you want to look at the situation where you have the biggest ratio between your opportunity and your cost, irregardless of whether it wins or not, because your best opportunities are going to be low probability, high payoff situations. You know, this is the, the Jeff Bezos grand slam analogy. Yeah, I think it's also looking at the opportunity and how many different ways you can leverage it. So there's definitely the relationship with the host. There's definitely getting in front of new audiences. One thing we've been talking a lot about lately on Go Pitch Yourself, the podcast, is about, well, how can you take this content that you're creating on other people's show Mm -hmm. and not have to recreate the wheel and create more content? If you're hosting your own show and if you're guesting on someone else's show regularly, you have plenty of content from which to pull LinkedIn articles, LinkedIn posts, Instagram, even YouTube videos. You could do screen recordings of interviews. And so how can we be smarter when we're out there growing our visibility, growing our network, and not have to then come back home and record TikTok videos? (laughs) I'll share a little tidbit that I figured out uh, somewhat by accident. What I was doing was I was publishing my audio podcast, and then I was just basically taking the video recordings and just plopping those onto YouTube. Mm-hmm. And on YouTube, I got almost no traction. But what ended up being interesting now, I'm not talking like, you know, I'm not giving Mr. B, I'm not giving Jimmy Donaldson uh, any competition yet or anything like that. But what I found was when I shifted on YouTube from having video to just posting the audio with a thumbnail, right? I just, I have a standard thumbnail and it's just static the whole time. And it's basically just audio and I have it and I basically have every podcast episode in a big giant playlist. Well, when I did that, I found that my views went up and my average view duration went up. And, you know, I think because it's like when people are watching video, they get bored and they get distracted. Whereas if it, nothing's mm-hmm. moving, then it it almost kind of the audio dynamics click in and you start only attracting people who are audio oriented, as opposed to generally speaking, anything video has a really short attention span. That's why if you're putting something up, up on TikTok or Reels, the, the, they say try to keep it to five seconds or less, yeah. unless you have a really compelling reveal. It's because otherwise people just scroll on. And so that was kind of one of those accidental ahas that I figured out. <laughs> What's well, a uh, big aha? Because yeah. everyone in podcasting tells us if don't even waste your time just putting an audiogram on YouTube, it's not going to do anything. So I think for you to have tested it, I'm such a nerd. My background is science, and I'm like, I love the experimentation. My background is finance, that. so I am an equally big nerd. But nerd, <laughs> right? Just different areas. <laughs> yes, just different areas. Exactly. I yeah, refer to it really as cool. money engineering. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's super interesting, and it makes sense though because people are using YouTube more as a search engine, but that doesn't yeah. change the fact that they're busy when they are doing it. So I feel like just having the audiogram almost gives them permission of I created this for you so that you could do other yeah. things while you listen. Exactly. Precisely. And that's actually one of the things that I just found the most fascinating was, yeah, how the average view duration goes up. And for anybody who's new to the YouTube algorithm, the way that YouTube decides where to serve your content is heavily influenced on what your average view duration, average percent viewed is because YouTube wants people to stay on the platform. So if you're a podcaster and you're thinking about putting your stuff on YouTube, I would recommend testing, see what works for you, but test having just a thumbnail with the audio, and then just making it as a part of a playlist where at the very end, put an end card that goes to the next episode in your podcast, because you will occasionally get some super bingers who will just kind of put your podcast on and will just keep playing it. And that will be outstanding for your view and average view duration statistics. So cool. I'm going to have to use your YouTube. I was on there earlier. 
checking it out. It's going to be a case study to, to see what you've done. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, let's see. So I think we've covered some of the ways that you can use uh, use podcast guesting to start growing your business. What are some of the other dynamics that I haven't asked about? You know, another way of saying, what's the question that I should have asked, but haven't yet? Well, I think a lot of times people, especially if they don't host their own show. So mm-hmm. if they're brand new to podcasting, being behind a microphone, it seems very intimidating to live in this space of I'm an expert and I'm going to reach out to someone who is a podcaster and pitch myself to be a guest on their show. And so a lot of the questions that we get, and I think a lot of times why people want to hand it over to us entirely is because in their mind, they really complicate it and make it a much bigger ask than it is. So I think, especially with the angle of how you serve your listeners and the importance of value, if you're thinking, I really would like to guest on shows, I would really like to meet podcasters and grow my network and get in front of new audiences, think about the value that you can provide to their specific audience, not general audiences. But once Mm -hmm. you have found a show, that you know serves an audience that's similar to yours, but they don't do the same thing. They do different things with that audience. Figure out a way that your expertise could serve them. And that's the email that you write. You, I had an idea about a topic that I think might serve your audience and then throw it out there. I mean, yes, we have pitch templates. We have a formula that we use, but at the end of the day, just reaching out and making a human connection with a human pitch and a specific Mm -hmm. ask is really what's going to help you land some of those first opportunities. Yeah. And the other thing too, is that at least it it would seem to me because the guesting side of my podcasting is behind the production side at the time of this recording, I need to get out and do more guesting. But from everybody that I've talked with, the feedback I've received is that once you land a few conversations with people who are pretty well known in the industry, now you can leverage that as capital to get more conversations. Yeah. And you can connect with them too and say, who else do you know? Right. So that's again, where it comes into that relationship of if they're really well networked, they don't even need to be John Lee Dumas. You know what I mean? They can be really networked in a niche vertical, which is what we pitch to a lot. They're much easier to land and the audiences tend to be far more engaged than just if we're in a business space than just a general business show. So I think part of it is you make that initial contact, ask them who they know, but then once your audience and with once other audiences see, oh, Angie guests on podcasts, like that's a thing she does, then other hosts will start to invite you. So there's a lot of momentum that comes Mm -hmm. once interviews start being released and you start growing that network within the podcasting space. Got it. That totally and completely makes sense. All right. So the question I have now is, I think we're getting close-ish to time because I like to make sure that we are respecting everybody's time, but give us one or two last thoughts and then let us know where people can go to find more. Yeah. I would just say when it comes to podcast guesting, be open-minded to all of the impacts that it can have on your business. Mm -hmm. Gone are the days again of just deciding I'm going to be a guest so I can grow my email list. There are so much bigger benefits that you can gain from getting in front of audiences and connecting with hosts and creating content. So if you're thinking about it as a marketing strategy, just don't think of it as serving one purpose with one specific KPI. You can really design that strategy to meet whatever your business goals are. If people are interested, we've been putting out a lot of content recently 
to that effect of how mm-hmm. to kind of expand how you're thinking of guesting on the Go Pitch Yourself podcast. So that would be the primary way for people to pop over and get to know me and the work that we do a little bit better. And then if they're thinking, I would like to guest and I would like a little bit of support, they can go over to our website, thepodwisegroup.com slash services and just see how we support our clients. And it is podwise with a Z because I couldn't be, you know, easy to spell. And <laughs> I can only imagine that podwise with an S is, is probably purchased. There was probably some ridiculously high price that was estimated to buy it. I don't even know if I looked at it funny enough. I just thought the Z had more of a flair than the S. It was a little <laughs> bit more interesting. <laughs> that was a classic entrepreneur move. Yes. <laughs> Clearly not grounded in any marketing theory whatsoever. <laughs> it's, it's, it's how I felt for the day. So I did yep. no research at all and just, yep. <laughs> and just did spent it. spent the $5. <laughs> <laughs> $5? Wouldn't you buy that 30 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> no. I think it was like an $8 domain. Okay. Who do you get your domains yeah. from? It cost me like 15 bucks. Oh, uh, namecheap.com. Okay. All right. I've been using GoDaddy. I may have to migrate. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. All right, Angie, it's been wonderful talking with you today. Yeah, it was great to meet you and connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Terminal Value Podcast. To keep the conversation going, please join the Terminal Value community on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash groups slash terminal value community and click join. Also, if you like this episode, please leave a review on iTunes or Spotify and make sure to subscribe. When you share it on your favorite social channel, be sure to tag me and tell me what you did or didn't like about the episode so I'll know what to create for you. I'm looking forward to hearing from you and I'll see you again on the next episode.